Welcome to Finding Our Way, the official podcast of the band Wayland, recording from Blue Bee Studios in Nashville, Tennessee. This episode's guest, musical talent and songwriter, Sam Varga. Please give a Wayland warrior welcome to your hosts, Phil Valinsky and Mitch Arnold. That's right. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of Finding Our Way, the official podcast of what band? The band Wayland. <sighs> of course. How could I forget? Today and every day. That's right. <laughs> uh, we're here today with a good friend of ours in the Blue Bee Studios, uh, Sam Varga, everybody. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen. They're going nuts out there. The right? one and the only. On. Yeah. I'm so excited to be here. Good. Happy to have you, man. This is fun. It's cool to have you in the studio for, in another context. You know, we've written written a few songs together. Yeah. Done a few things, and now we get to now we get to talk about it. Yes. This is where we ask the tough questions. I hope you're prepared. <laughs> I, I want you to twist it, make Let, it hurt. Let's start with this. Did you have coffee this morning? No. Oof. Really? I, uh, I, Off to a rough start. It's here's the deal. Uh, coffee never really. I love the smell of it. I love the taste of it. Doesn't work great for me. Ah, and okay. so I decided the other day, it's like, you know what? New year, new me. Green tea, uh, to the moon. Like, oh, really? Really comfortable. So I just maybe I'm not a caffeine guy. You know, I've been learning a lot about caffeine actually from the neural bio- biological standpoint. Yeah, and it may just not agree with you. That's cool. I I think I'm mean, yeah. You know, it was interesting. Phil and I actually gave up caffeine um, this last year. So, uh, in February of last year. Yeah. I, so, I never thought that I would stop drinking coffee. And it's like, so I drank it for like 20 years, probably. Yeah. And February of last year, we stopped. I mean, we still have a cup of decaf yeah. here and there. And there is a small amount of caf- caffeine in, in yeah. decaf. But I mean, I don't wake up and drink it. And I definitely don't need caffeine to move about my day, which is a big change for me. I'll never forget the first day I met you all. You were hungover. I was so hungover. You were hungover. <laughs> I was so hungover. Uh, you you didn't came... act like it. You didn't act like it. Well, I find being hungover extremely creative because you're so vulnerable and like everything's just laid bare. Like you can't overthink. It's just like, ow, oh, this hurts. What are we doing? And then like, <laughs> you only have the energy for two things so you don't get in your head. I, I don't know. Wow, it's always worked well cool. for me. Uh, but you all rolled in with your guitar cases and these big old water jugs. And it was the ion freeze or ionized. What was it? Yeah, it's, it, we have an, a water ionizer upstairs. Water yeah. ionizer. And, you, yeah. and at, at the end of the right, you poured me a little bit, and I was like, all right. Thought y'all were full of shit. That's pretty good. It's legit. <laughs> it's I remember legit Sam water. gave us some words of wisdom that day. He said, uh, he says, you know, I figured something out Like when I'm hungover. Like, I figured out how to beat a hangover. If I wake up <laughs> and I'm hungover, <laughs> if I just go back to bed for like three or four more hours, I usually feel better. <laughs> that's true. Good, great wow, advice. Wow, that's yeah, a great that incredible, advice. Dude. Yeah, just sleep, sleep <laughs> through it. So, um, so we met. When did we meet? When was that? Like is that middle of last year? Almost. It's. I think it's almost been a year. I think okay. Yeah. I bet it was spring of last year. Yes. Or like March or something maybe. I can pull it up and we can find out. That's but. okay. Well, let's just let's just speculate. <laughs> yeah. Speculate. I like it more. But I know we lived here and we moved here in February, so mm-hmm. it was probably shortly after that uh, through a mutual friend, Rachel Gutman. Yes. I think right. She's fantastic. Yeah. 
Um, and we went and wrote our first song together mm-hmm. in your hungover state, yes. and that was uh, All the Proof I Need. Yes. Or Proof, yeah. or how you want to. And we've been playing that in pretty much all of our shows ever since. Yes. And, we, and we've written a couple, couple It's one other... of my favorite songs that we've written all, yeah. all of last year, for sure. Honored. Yeah, yeah. it was cool. And so we kept doing it, got a couple more, and uh, um, I guess that leads to we, we just recorded one that we wrote very recently together. Yeah. Uh, won't stop here, I think, or I won't stop here, whatever it might mm-hmm. be called. Um, we wrote it, and then like the next week, jumped into a studio with our buddies, and now we're in the mixing process with that song. So yeah, it's exciting, man. It is. I love writing with you all. It's it's a blast. I also like how uh, everyone always comes in really excited, and uh, that that for me as a you know a co-writer in the room is just great because. You walk in there, and a lot of times, especially in Nashville, and it's like, well, we're just here to do this today. You know, we're just mm. you know, almost like punching the clock, and we don't know what we're doing. But we come in, and we have we talk a lot, and we're like, hey, so what what do we want this to be? What do uh, what do you, songs do you all need? Where, if this was going to be on an album, uh, where would it be on the album? What's going on with you all right now? What what are we pulling from today? Or scratch all that? Are we hurting? Like, does something? Do we need to get something out? And I think for a co-writer, uh, people may kind of this because it doesn't sound as romantic. But whenever you have those parameters, your job just gets so much easier. And then you can just let stuff flowing yeah. because then you're, you're you're on a roll versus trying to you know grab stuff out of the air. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, what's cool about this? So we've obviously done a lot of co-writing sessions since mm-hmm. we've been in Nashville because it's like a thing here. Um, but this has been grown into a friendship. Yeah. And that makes it so much cooler because I think we. Definitely feel like we can be more honest. Mm-hmm. Like if we are having a bad day or some heart, like this last one, we were going through some heavy stuff. Yeah. And we got to, man, that songwriting session was like a therapy session. We it got was to, wonderful. We man. got to talk that was about so it. So cool, yeah. And being close with you, closer to you, yeah. you you can like let those walls down and be vulnerable and say things that um, are close to the heart, but also think you can just throw things out there. Yep. And um, <clears throat> and you can't always do. You don't always feel comfortable. Uh, with people that you just meet, you yeah. know, so which is really cool. Yeah, like, we were we were fast friends. Yeah, we were. Yeah, yeah, we were. How, how long have you did like? Did you come to Nashville to co-write for other artists or what? How did you get here? Yeah, I thought that I was done with music, so I um, I was in the same band that was basically like a Warped Tour band, and there's a bunch of different iterations. It was my high school band, and then from that, Lexington, Kentucky, Louisville. Yes, oh, Louisville. Uh, I'm sorry, Louisville. that turned in. So that was emo band turned, uh, like progressive band turned country band turned all the back, same members oh yeah almost all the same <laughs> oh my God. Rock band, like, and uh we moved into a little house uh that was uh, an old brothel and here in, in nashville in louisville okay louisville. and it was absolutely atrocious and the day i signed the lease on it the band broke up <gasps> no way no yeah. way and so i was like all right well the band like the notion of being in a band is gone and i'm, I'm not gonna get to be an artist like well i'm i'm gonna go write songs because that's what you do in a failing rock band <laughs> like, it's like uh, if you look there's so many people from uh the emo scenes and the rock uh the warp tour scenes that you know after their bands dispersed they all moved to nashville so it's like all right i'm doing it okay i'm going to write songs and hope that i get a cole swindell cut sure <laughs> that's what i really wanted i really wanted a cole swindell cut <laughs> and uh when i i spent about a year and a half do, writing in Nashville and uh, with all kinds of people, everything, uh, but mostly country. And then I got impatient because uh, I didn't have a cut yet, which is absurd because you've only been here for a year. Uh, but I needed like a credit score 
to show publishers. So I was like, all right, well, I'll go release music myself then. And I just wanted to kind of like have a business card. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, look, I write good songs. These are my songs. They stream well. Right. And then whenever I started doing that, I was like, oh, shit. I'm still an artist. <laughs> so then... Kind of like remembered how much you loved it. Yeah, remember oh, that cool. side of the creation. But I I personally, and it may sound cheesy, but like it is completely 50-50 for me. Mm. I am 50% like artist, 50% co-writer. I have the exact same amount of joy and fulfillment, if not more at times, than when someone else releases something that I wrote than if I release something I wrote. Uh, seeing you all play live is just like the best thing in the world. You all also, I think that's like your superpowers. You all are an amazing, amazing live band. And you, you have such a great family of fans and crowds that it feels like something special and intimate no matter where you all are playing. And to hear you all play stuff like Proof, that's just like, that. That I can go like a month off of that. <laughs> like oh, that that's cool. That's so cool. So you you moved. So you when when did that happen? When you started doing both back and forth? I uh, kind of went to, back to the artist thing. Yeah, I moved to Nashville in two thousand summer of two thousand seventeen. Summer of two thousand eighteen. I was working for Jack Daniels. Mm. That's how I, I was able to do the move. Is I uh, was driving back and forth from the dist- distillery an hour and a half away. Oh, okay. Every other uh, every other day. Um, Given the tours. Oh yeah, I was, I've never done that. Oh, I can. You I could can, just give it kind of like a yeah. We can we can turn this podcast right now into a tour of the Jack Daniels Distillery. <laughs> I remember all of it. Really? Is there oh, some yeah. cheesy jokes that they tell along oh, the way? Oh my god! Yes, yeah, I bet. so many, <laughs> so so many. Oh my gosh! We used to when we lived in L.A. We'd take the um the backlot tour at Universal Studios. Yeah, I'd imagine it's it's a similar gig. You know, you yep. say the same thing every time, make the same jokes when the when the shark comes out or whatever. You know, yeah. yeah. But the thing is, is, like, whenever you get tired of the jokes, you just joke about the jokes. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you just like, you kind of like, like set set yourself up, like, yeah, I just said that. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm here to do. And everyone like will sympathize with you, and then it's funny again. So when you start releasing music, obviously you didn't stick to country because I I see. Yeah. I mean, you are you are like reviving the emo scene in Nashville. It seems yeah. like. Uh, that that just happened completely naturally. Uh. I was doing like this edgy folk alt stuff, kind of like trying to be Rustin Kelly at the time. And then it just wasn't scratching the itch. So it just kept on becoming more, uh, more distortion, more distortion. And then it's like, okay, well, the double bass is back. Now we're fully in. Next right. thing you know, you're covered in candy. I was covered in candy. That was like right around when we met you, you had the song come out and you were just covered in candy syrup or. Yeah. I, I wrote that song to make the music video. I just did you really? <laughs> did you really? Seriously? <laughs> I'm, I'm joking, but I'm not joking. Yeah, <laughs> I, I knew. I knew. Did it, it did it cut, while you were writing the song? Did the idea for the music video? All of it. Okay, yeah, All of that it. makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> Someone commented on TikTok. This song is called Sugarcoat. If you all, for reference, want to listen to it, it's kind of funny. Yeah, for it's a great emo song. It's badass. Make man. sure you it's listen. Cool. Go check it out. Streaming everywhere. But the the best comment I got on the TikToks was. This sounds like a Disney Channel original intro. And how I went back and I listened to it and I was like, oh my God. So it's a Disney Channel emo song, I guess. <laughs> it's great. It's great. Yeah, just cover myself in syrup. So do you have uh, kind of like goals in each bucket as far as the artist goals and as far as the co-writing goals? Yeah, I mean, so there's, there's, there's little boxes that you, know, you have for yourself that's kind of like, you know, I want to I have a release that does this. 
on the first week. I want to have a release that does this on the first day. Mm. Um, I think, and I've always been scared of my goals because I, I, I wanted, my goal is I want to do this forever. And my goal is I want this to be sustainable for me. And I want this to be sustainable for whatever my future family looks like. That's, that's my goal. That's a big goal. But I've always thought like, well, maybe you're supposed to shoot for the moon and then you get somewhere in between. It's like, is this going to work for me if I don't really want to play SNL? Or if I don't want to sing the, the, Super, uh, the anthem at the Super Bowl? Am I going to get there? Uh, but I think when it comes to co-writing, it's like I want to have, I want to have number number one with somebody. You know, I want to uh, I want to see somebody play the song we wrote at an award show. I think I, it's just I want to see people enjoy it and feel something from it. You know, like I said, I'm, I wasn't being cheap. I wasn't lying at all. Like whenever I see uh, you all play Proof at your all show, see how people react to that. That literally will carry me for like a month. Like okay. I got a little bit more in me. We're so excited. The new song, uh, Won't Stop Now, we're going to debut it live on January 20th at Live Oak. Excellent. We're playing this out. We pretty much booked this show so that we could go play that song Oh, live. hell yeah. It's true. Yeah, we've been playing it every day, and it just feels so good. We're so That's excited. Awesome. It was cool. Um, just, just to give a little backstory to anybody listening, because obviously um, the people that listen to this podcast are the people that follow the band and know us the best, and um, we, you know, I don't even know where to start, but like... You know, going doing what we do, uh, there's ups and downs all the time. And like, you know, Sam, you're talking about your goals. Well, like we have a lot of goals that we've been chasing for 20 years almost. Mm-hmm. You know, since Mitch and I, we met 20 years ago. Um, obviously, the band's only been a band for, since, you know, our first record came out in 2010. So, so it hasn't been around that long. But we, since we've been doing it so long and working up to that, it feels like forever sometimes. And in those moments, when you look back at that, it can feel hopeless. It can feel like, oh my God, we still don't have blah, blah, blah. We still haven't played on Saturday Night Live. You still haven't uh, played a stadium tour or all the things that you set out to do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And um, I mean, my God, in this business, you have to get so used to being told no. We mm-hmm. have to get really good at being told it's gotta no. It's got to be able to roll off your back. Or people yeah. just lying to your face and saying yes, but yes. then never following through. That's, yeah, that's take a no even that worse. Any day. I would agree <laughs> exactly. with that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, to get to the point where you're like, I don't believe a word anybody says anymore, you know? And I think that frustration, that place um, was really where we were at when we walked in that day to write that song. And, and, you know, I've said this before, Mitch and I have had a couple moments in our career that I can think of that we've sat down and said, are we going to keep doing this? Mm-hmm. We have to choose this. We have to choose each other. We have to choose this band. We have to choose this lifestyle every day. Mm-hmm. Either and some days it's it's hard to choose that. You're like, I wish I was an insurance salesman so I didn't have to worry about all this stuff. You know, like it sounds silly. Um, I don't wish I was an insurance salesman. <laughs> no one would buy insurance from me. Um, but uh, if you when you but when we have those conversations and you talk through why we're doing this and when believing in each other and believing in ourselves and believing the people around us that we do trust, we actually leave those conversations more empowered than ever. Um, and that song was kind of one of those moments where it was like, are we going to just, yes, we're going through hell, but we won't stop here. We're not about to stop. And I also think, I also think through that, through those conversations that we had, I think we came up with a really amazing song mm-hmm. and, and, and chime in uh, on this. But uh, you come in in this space where you're hurting and you sit down with your friends and you talk about it. And in the end, you have this incredible 
artistic moment. I just don't think that there is much better than that, you know, because it's like it's a strange duality where you're you're like, man, I, I don't know if I can keep going and keep doing this. And at, at two hours later, you're like, why fuel. would I why would I do anything else? Yeah. I mean, like, why would I do anything else? That's the wait, that, that's the transformation. Right. That, right that's yeah. a cool thing. It's like whenever you the thing you, you turn the very thing that's holding you back, you turn into the fuel. Like, and that's just super cool feeling. Um, I mean, and I, ha- I have to say, like, isn't that kind of like why we do it? Like, if it was super easy and consistent. Like, I have to, I have to imagine that, like, everybody who does music kind of has, like, a fucked up re- relationship with it, you know? Cause it's like, I know that I never, like, went after a girl that would have me. You know, it's like there's always a chase. Right. It's always the chase. It's always the ups and downs and stuff like that. It's like if music was easy, <laughs> would we do it? Don't we, we, might, cut- we might do it, <laughs> but we would probably pursue. Yeah. We might pursue something else. Maybe. Don't we like the chase. Right. Right. It's this elusive thing that I mean, I'm having the an experience right now where like writing's hard and I, I, I just don't get it. I, I set up a write the other day for myself and uh it by it was designed to be for me and like a dead ringer. Had nothing. I had nothing. That is no- such a surprise. Nothing to in me. the tank. And I was just like, shit. It's like, well, what's going on? What's the block? I've tried to be curious and mm-hmm. not as hard mm-hmm. on myself. So like, what's going on? It's like, well, you're thinking about X, Y, and Z. It's like you're trying too hard. And I read this great thing about on creativity the other day. Uh, Keats, who's a poet, romantic poet, who actually have tattooed on my ribs, was talking about Shakespeare. And he goes, some of the greatest creatives in the world are not problem solvers. It's like they remove themselves from the solution and they just observe. It's like, and because you don't have a thesis about it, it that makes it endless. And I was like, okay. And I look at my life and what I'm doing right now. I was like, you're trying to solve that problem. Right. You're trying to solve that problem. Trying to solve all your problems. It's like, what if you just surrender a little bit? Just take it all in, see what you have to say then. And I already kind of feel myself loosening up. Wow. But, you know, but that, that's the chase. It's it's ups and downs. Some days it's there, it's not. Did you all ever uh, – I'm sorry, I'm rambling. No, no please. I, I, Love did, it. Did you all ever uh, watch that one TED Talk from the girl who wrote uh, – what's it called? Eat, Pray, Love. I haven't seen that one, no. Okay. I love. First of all, I love that book. Yeah. That it, book is incredible. It's fantastic. Yes, yeah. So she's talking about how she's about to write the next one and how everybody's like, oh, my God, it's going to be the next Eat, Pray, Love. And she's like, "Uh, no, no it's, it's not. not. <laughs> it's not going to be. And she's like, she starts talking about how our society has this very weird thing about creativity nowadays where creativity is this talent and this thing that must be tapped and exhausted and you must always be on and it's like the ancient greeks actually had a much better idea about creativity they you know had the ideas of the of the muses right and so if you made a sculpture or if you wrote a poem or if you did a painting they would just be like oh hey congratulations the muses visited you today how great and then if you didn't write a poem if you didn't make the sculpture they'd be like well, that's okay. The muses just didn't come today. It's like, no big deal. No yeah, pressure. Like you were just the conduit for it. Yeah. It had nothing to do with you. So I'm trying to think like that now. It's like, you didn't write a song today? It's like, okay. 
but no that, journal. But that, but that is an extension of what you were saying about being the observer, yeah, and not the fixer. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's that's what you're saying right now is incredible insight. Oh, thanks for us. I yeah. mean, do you know? Yeah, I mean, it totally it switches that that again that pressure you put on yourself mm-hmm. of like, why am I? Oh, why don't I have it today? Or I mean, it can be anything. You know, yeah. guitar playing. Like, there's days I have magic, and there's days like I've never held a guitar before. It's oh, like, yeah. You know, well, that's every day for me. I have to relearn everything. It surprises me to hear to hear you say that you didn't have anything in the tank because whenever we go into writing sessions with you, yeah. you're always the one with stuff in the tank. I feel like I oh. sit and observe you <laughs> throw out like entire verses at a time, or I'm like throwing in a word. I'm like, oh, uh, and. And Sam is like, I'm not trying to blow smoke up your ass. I just think it's 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 cool to hear the honesty and about about things that that we struggle with as well. To know that you sit down and like, dude, I don't know what to say about this right now. Got nothing. I mean, that's why I think that's honestly from that's why I love writing with you all so much is because like it is so easy for us. So it's like uh, I remember. This is this is true. I'm this. I'm not gonna blow smoke. I remember it was one time that I couldn't write. I was like, I wasn't getting anything I liked, and I had just gotten done with a bad co-write or something like that. And I was like, I need to write with Wayland. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, we always get something, and it's just it's we're we're at home and we're together. And so sure enough, we came over. We wrote that. Uh, what's the? Oh, I love that song. The fast, the the faster one. The yeah. The love song. It's just like we were uh, just playing it the other day. Oh, it's a falling. Um, yeah. Fallin', fall, fallin'. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We were fall yeah. right into you. And I was like, okay, fall right I'm back. into you. Yeah, I love yeah. that song. Yeah, yeah, I love it. We've been talking about that song. Yeah, actually. we gotta get that recorded. Yeah, yeah, we do. It's a good one. Can we pause for one second? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think it's time for a quick word from our sponsor, and that's Blue Bee Herbals. You see the poster on the wall? I love Blue Bee. Uh, Blue Bee Herbals is dedicated. To transforming lives through the cultivation and production of CBD. Using some of the industry's most stringent process and procedures, their facility adheres to quality control standards comparable to those in the pharmaceutical industry. The Blue Bee products undergo stringent third-party testing so that they can guarantee the highest quality of hemp. Their focus is to have a peerless reputation for quality, integrity, and safety. Mitch, Joey, and myself have been using Blue Bee for the last two months and have seen results in our everyday life, which is why we're excited to share it with you, the Whalen Warriors. Visit bluebeeherbals.com. That's B L U B E E herbals.com and use the code Wayland Warriors 10 and get 10% off of your order for the full spectrum hemp oil. You can't afford not to buy it. That's right. All right, we're back. That was fantastic. Hey, thanks hey, a lot, thank man. You, you know, Whoa. yeah, yeah. Do we have what? a Do we have a thing of blue beans? Absolutely, with yeah. Sam? yeah, we do. Yeah, we okay, got. Good. We got. So our buddy's got this hemp farm just north of town. It's gorgeous. And he processes it and does the entire thing right there, and bottles right it and across the border in Kentucky. Yeah, it's amazing. A beautiful farm. Well, if so, it's anything as good as your all's pitch, then I am. <laughs> I am. It's in. really good stuff. It's yeah, good it's stuff. good. And one of the coolest parts is that uh, Tony uh, Notar Giacomo. Uh, he prides himself on being a part of every single process. Like he planted, he planted the hemp plants That's and then, cool. and then, and then he helped. Well, he was doing most of the, the fertilizing and also taking care of the plants. And then 
you know, the harvesting and everything he was a part of from the moment that the seed was in the ground until the liquid is in the bottle, you know, which is really oh cool. God. Yeah. Cool. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, like, just I'd love to share with our listeners kind of, uh, I guess, what your lifestyle is like a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so you write songs. You live here in Nashville, but you also you split your time. You're back and forth between Nashville and Los Angeles, right? Yeah. You're still doing that? Oh, yeah. So how does that, why is that? Why? Yeah, I mean, most people are fleeing from Los Angeles, and Sam Vargas heading back there. Because of a lady. Oh, yeah? Because for of love. a lady. Does for it love. for love. Uh, <laughs> my girlfriend uh, is named uh, Kaylee Shore, and she is a just absolute dynamo of a writer and an artist. And um, she uh, just was kind of at a crossroads with Nashville, which everyone experiences, and we were just raking in the cuts in Los Angeles. And she just kind of like talks like, "Hey, I can't afford not to, to. I can't afford to not be out here." And I was like, "Yeah, I know." <laughs> like I was just waiting for you to say it out loud. Uh, and then so some, was she traveling back and forth a lot? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. And then I would go out there with her, and it was just like there's just more bang for the buck out mm. there. Uh, is it a, is it the style of music that she just happens to be good at is happening out there? It's I think it's everything. There, so, L.A. harder place to live. Obviously, uh, but Nashville. I don't know that scent of human crap on the street. Yes, there is that as well. Nice. Uh, but Nashville is so much smaller than LA that whenever you get into it's it's so ingrained in the music industry. It, it's just like a town that does one thing, right? Yeah. Right. So there's a lot of hierarchy in Nashville. LA is not just a music town. So it's a lot more loosey goosey. Uh, I mean, maybe you all have such an amazing fan base. You all may ha- maybe haven't experienced this, but maybe you see it when you go to other people's shows. If you go to a show in Nashville, there's always like five feet in between the crowd and the stage. It's like everyone just kind of stands back because you're hanging out with you because your your people who listen to your shows are your peers. Right. Are your business partners? They're not there to dance and party down. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we expect that when we play in Nashville too. It's not like a show when we go play in yeah. Iowa or something. You know. You go to L.A. People are still really excited about music. It's not just the business. So I think that was a part of it. And then I'll do a lot more rock and pop out in Los Angeles. And it's also the grass is always greener. So whenever someone is coming in from Nashville for a week their schedules will open up for you. Oh, okay. Versus like living there, I'm sure it's a lot harder. <laughs> sure, right. Same, same thing for Nashville too. You know, if you uh, if you call someone's publisher, if you call a band like, hey, we got so-and-so coming in uh, to Nashville for a week, can you fit them in? You're always going to make room for that guy. Absolutely. Yeah, okay. So it's been nice. So you use your L.A. address when booking things in Nashville and your Nashville address when booking things in L.A. Basically. <laughs> I mean, that's a cool way to that's experience LA, man. But taxes here, <laughs> right? Right? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a cool so, way to experience Los Angeles in yeah. that sense. You know. In I mean, I, I would love to live yes. there if I knew I didn't have to be there forever. You know, yeah. if I knew I, I was only going to be there for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. You know? That's what I did. No, we spent great time in LA, and we have actually nothing but fond memories there. Mm-hmm. Um, we were there for. I mean, and we cut our teeth there, man. Yeah, we like, were. We, we lived we, in Echo we, Park for. Yeah, we're the years. house band of the Whiskey Go Go, you know. It's yeah. just love Echo Park. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. As we first got like a uh, producer discovered us that made a record that led to our first record deal, and all that happened out of the whiskey. It's and cool. then um, 
then we I ended up touring forever. You know, went back to LA and stayed in the Valley for like what almost two years. So yeah, up in Van Nuys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pandemic hit. When that's when we moved to Joshua Tree to the desert. Nice. And that's from there to here. Yeah. So LA's been a really big part of us and our band. Yeah, and I know it will continue to be. You know, yeah. I'm I'm just I I'm, every time I go back, it just feels uh, kind of stanky. Lately, I, I agree. Like. It's but a, I also think also think it's I know, you know LA I can't going, help it. It's like yeah. pandemic hit and people are out of homes and it's a it's a bummer. It's just oh my god. You know we were going back doing business and business is a you know a necessity. I feel like if I was going back and writing songs with people like Sam Varga, I would be <laughs> having yeah you know a, d- yeah. a different experience at this point. You know we had a good time in Burbank writing absolutely all, like, all those songs with Keith Nelson. Yeah, those yeah you know those um what's that band who owns the studio over there. Those brothers. Oh, Good Charlotte. Good Charlotte. They've got a studio in Burbank. I live in Burbank. That's crazy. That's where your spot is? Oh, okay. So, yeah, it's like on Magnolia or something. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm in North Hollywood, like literally five minutes from the Burbank airport. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah so it's just not very far okay. from there. It's a nice nice little area. There's a bakery yeah. and stuff, yeah, all kinds of little coffee shops. Yeah. yeah. And they have a gorgeous studio. Like these two brothers in Good Charlotte, one's married to, who are they married to? Um, That's uh, Cameron Diaz. Cameron Diaz. Cameron Diaz and then uh, Richie. Um, uh, what is it? The reality reality star Nicole yeah. Nicole Richie Nicole yeah. Richie yeah Nicole Richie. these guys are married. Amazing studio. It's unbelievable. It was, it was interesting because we'd always go in there um, and uh, Keith liked to work early, so we'd be in there at like nine or ten. But the film crews would be coming out because they would be filming Nicole's show in yeah. the morning, and so you're constantly crossing paths with Cameron Diaz and Nicole Richie and like hey, not allowed, what's not up? allowed what's to look on? at them. Can't look at them. Can't make eye contact. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I, one thing that was cool about that studio, um, Youngblood was recording his last record there, the, his big his big record. I love Youngblood. And um, his name's, I didn't know this, but his name's Dom, or Dominic, yeah. I guess. And um, he introduced himself as Dom in the kitchen, and he, I'm not even going to try to do a Youngblood impression because it's horrible, but he was like, you got to hear this, it's, you know, this is my new track or whatever. And, you got to hear this, mate. Yeah, it was it was, it was <laughs> very thick accent, and I listened to, me. listened to, he actually played me like three songs that morning, which was cool man you know like just to be in that environment to see where um you know people are putting out really cool music and being a part of that was, was neat that's awesome man. yeah I, I didn't know y'all got to hang out with young blood young blood i love him i'm so much more on the young blood train than i am the mgk train <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think he says so much cooler shit <laughs> that's cool that's cool so uh how what is with this between la and nashville are you are you here more yeah, so Kaylee's out there more, and oh, I'm okay. here more, and then we both kind of do like two weeks in that place, and then she'll do like two weeks here. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, for anybody listening, um, check out Kaylee as well. Like, we don't really, we've never even met her, I don't think. Maybe we met one her really time briefly. On couch. The first time that we came over to ride at your house, she was chilling on the couch. We've gotcha. never hung with her, though. No. And, uh-huh. um, yeah. All of a sudden, I'll see on Instagram that she's like on stage with Butch Walker at the yeah. Grand Ole Opry, or like does huge, amazing stuff. Which is so cool. I got Butch Walker's signature guitar pedal for Christmas. You did? I haven't even plugged it in. The Ruby Red. Awesome, man. Yeah. It's so sick. We're big Butch fans. Yeah, man. He's great. Talk about a sweetheart, man. That guy is one of the greatest humans I've ever met in my entire life. Thank you, Kaylee. That's cool. (laughs) That's cool. That's really cool. We were exchanging emails before the pandemic when we were in Los Angeles through a mutual friend about setting up a writing session, and then everything shut down. Well, he's in Nashville now, so he is in Nashville. Is he living in Nashville? Look up that email. He's uh, he lives right in, in. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not gonna say where Bush Walker lives, but yeah, his address. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 
uh, he's he's a great guy. Reach Have out. you ever written a song with him? No, uh, that was. Uh, I, I'm kind of like just still bowing at the altar. Maybe one day. You're you're trying not to like ask for his autograph <laughs> like, and stuff. I'm not worthy. Yeah, yeah. I'm not worthy. I saw him play at the Brooklyn Bowl late last year, and it yeah. was just it was an incredible show, man. Uh, like if I ever see him play, I'll like. I'll walk up to him, kind of like with my fingers, like, "Hi, bitch. Uh, may I ask you about your guitars, please?" <laughs> <laughs> like, you, you sounded so good. What do you put your guitar pedals through? <laughs> yeah, he amazing. just did a rig rundown. Did you see it? Yeah, it's freaking awesome. Yeah. Well, dude, thanks for stopping by the studio. Um, as you can all tell, just by listening to the conversation, <laughs> we could go on for hours, and uh, this is why sometimes we get a song written. Most of the time, we get a song written when we hang, but there's a. A lot of goofing around in between, which is awesome. Um, thanks for being a part of our life, Sam. Um, Thank you all. You mean the world to me. You've been a, a, a positive. We're, just, we're excited to see you. We're excited to write with you. We're excited to work more. Um, and yeah, dude, to the moon. Thank you all so much for having me. And if anyone's listening who has not seen Wayland Live, you must. If any warriors out there have not made it to its show, make that your New Year's resolution. Awesome. Thanks, Sam. Y'all. This has been Finding Our Way, the official podcast of the band Wayland. Go to waylandtheband.com for all things Wayland. <laughs>